nice introduction. It's a great pleasure to be here today at this uh, prestigious institution um, where we can uh, uh, try uh, outlining some of our progress on, on the engineering side of it, on making devices uh, that uh, hopefully make uh, management of diabetes uh, better, easier, and, and eventually automated. Uh, if you cannot hear me, just uh, please feel free to raise the voice. This microphone here, I'm trying to be closer <coughs> to the projector. So Katarzyna is here as well. If you have questions at any time, uh, feel free uh, to, to interrupt. So, um, so the, the, the topic of this talk is really the platform that we are building. Uh, and I mentioned that we want eventually to have an automated way uh, to manage that with this, uh, something like closed loop. Uh, and uh, towards that goal, uh, there will be several distinct parts. Uh, so the first, we will start with the uh, developments for tracking the energy consumption as an important part of, of diabetes management. Um, then the second uh, part will deal with, uh, with uh, accounting for the meal impact. <coughs> and this will include uh, one part dealing with uh, uh, the metabolism modeling uh, as, as a critical part in predicting what the meal impact will be. Uh, and then. Uh, as one of the main obstacles and that's some of the earliest work we've done, uh, we'll try to address the issue of uh, really non-unreliable uh, sensors that you find in CGMs or any device like that, which are really critical um, to depend on them in, in any closed-loop setting. Right? So this is still, still not closed-loop uh, setting by any means, but we're working towards that and not just us as you uh, know. Right? Uh, so so that, uh, having this platform, uh, what we came here is, is also to propose possible co collaborations where we could uh, try getting more data and, and improve either clinical treatments or, or models and so on. Um, and this can develop in, in several different directions. So one of them is that we could foresee that we can um, add various kind of motion sensors uh, either to the pumps, um, where there, these would be pumps that are enhanced with uh, just more sensors than we have right now, uh, and also the, the CGMs as well, right? So, so there's uh, different types of devices and uh, setups that we can consider. And uh, so, so that's the setup. So just to, to have a little bit of uh, description of what was our uh, uh, mindset. <coughs> uh, so, so the first and foremost, we've seen, and then I guess you're all familiar on various uh, smartphones you have already, uh, many ways to, to track your exercise levels, right? And, and th there's a, quite a number of applications uh, that uh, allow you to track your food intake, right? So, so that's, that's what we're seeing on the market, quite a number of those, uh, those solutions. Um, and, uh, but for, for us as engineers, uh, we still like to see them <coughs> at a bit lower than light. We see them just as a building blocks. Uh, to build the systems, right? Uh, so they're not really completely resolving everything we need in diabetes. Uh, so we would, uh, want to consider adding various devices, uh, sensing devices that let us uh, detect the movement uh, and build advanced algorithms and intelligence eventually. And the same uh, with, uh, with food. So we try to experiment with uh, some, some algorithms found in literature uh, on uh, on. Uh, Accounting for the food, maybe uh, planning, and so on. 
So uh, the, the really the, the one physical object that kind of is the cent center of everything here is really the, the, the kind of day smartphones, right? We're all attached to them, we don't let them go. Uh, and uh, so in the business management, as, as uh, you know, we've been told many times, the, uh, just the discipline of it uh, is, is a very important part. So, so for sure, uh, the smartphones are always these days around us, so they can always remind us to do things and or remind us when we didn't do something um, around the clock. Uh, they also are pretty capable as the computing machines. I uh, will show you that we can actually put quite advanced algorithms right there on, on your phones with you. Uh, also, they're connected and uh, accessing data globally and, and uh, uh, among the patients, among the people that are being uh, helped uh, is, is uh, by all means uh, quite, uh, quite straightforward these days. Uh, what is really now start, what will start now exploding uh, is really all kinds of devices that, that will be attached to phones. You're already seeing them. If you go to the Apple Store, you see many trackers and many uh, scales and, and so on. Uh, but this is just the beginning, right? Uh, we can actually force and we've we done some of the work to attach various other sensors. We'll show you some of them. And, and that will be the big, uh, big uh, opening for, for really having complete information uh, that, that will allow you to, to do way, way better than you were doing till now. And then finally, uh, as we were progressing to this, we realized how big power there is just by connecting things, uh, letting it have it uh, somewhere in the cloud online, and then have uh, patients, uh, doctors, uh, and whoever is concerned, their parents and so on, uh, have the access uh, in pretty much real time. <coughs> and uh, in this way, really, um, if nothing, you know, increase, you know, uh, peace of mind level. Uh, but also uh, uh, the speed of reaction if, if there is any need, right? Right, so, so th that's the, so, so the kind of uh, hypothesis that we want to pose here as a question is whether we could really rely on a smartphone of today uh, as, a, as a closed loop uh, platform, right? So that's, that's, the, that's the question, right? Uh, we're not fully providing the answer, right? But, uh, you know, we present the work uh, towards that, right? So, um, so to to be able to uh, address this question, it's really the standard divide and conquer principle that we need to apply in engineering anything, right? So, for the managing diabetes, uh, we'll look into the several different things, accounting for the intake of the food, including carbs, calories, uh, exercise is important part, as, as uh, you you've been telling people and uh, people uh, applied it. Uh, then using information uh, from local sensors, right, continuously, or uh, you know, uh, uh, by meters, and, uh, and then uh, applying this information to predict what would be the insulin sensitivity, what would uh, how the person react uh, when they need insulin, if they need insulin, uh, and also uh, not standing just there, but foreseeing what will happen afterwards, because sometimes the exercise effects can be. Uh, harmful down the road, it can result in lows, uh, low wages overnight. Right. So, um, the first part that we'll mention among those is uh, accounting for the exercise. Um, and, uh, you know, in most straightforward uh, implementation, you would want this information to be directly used uh, to adjust your insulin pump intake. Uh, so, what are the generic requirements? Uh, this is 
things that we uh, we subscribe to when we're building some of those devices that we'll show. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, they should account for as many different types of exercises as possible, right? Um, so walking, running, and uh, various kind of devices such as this uh, uh, this gazelle and, and uh, other other sports and so on, uh, at different levels, right? So at least uh, uh, people should know uh, whether uh, their current level of exercise is considered to be regular or, or, or below above above that. Uh, and uh, once we have that, then we would want it to be either standalone device or, or smartphone application. There's a good point for having both, and as here is an example of both, and we did, did both of them uh, depending on circumstances. Uh, and uh, once you have these devices, then uh, you, you have to provide uh, various ways to, to, to mount the different parts of the body. And that's, that's actually quite a significant requirement. Uh, because th there's many different scenarios in which, uh, which you use those devices. So, so this, uh, this brings us back to the engineering these uh, devices such that uh, they'll be able to work because uh, very often uh, when you have pedometer attached to the, to the uh, belt, it doesn't really work on, on the thing and so on. And then, you know, this is just a start. Then we started experimenting and, and, uh, and included, for instance, heart rate monitors, Temperature monitoring also helps in, in a number of instances. And, uh, and uh, finally, trying to actually uh, more tightly integrate um, various glucose sensors with the, with the inertial or motion monitors. So, so that's the, the really the set of requirements that we subscribe to that we want to build devices, right? Uh, so as far as what is in there, I think it's worth uh, uh, just uh, having a quick look into that. Uh, uh, so, Clearly, uh, we cannot really uh, depend on something that's not properly measured, right? That's not exactly measured. So what we have done is, is to classify the movements into the walks and runs uh, at these given speeds in, in miles per hours. Uh, and then based on this, you, uh, you are able to tell the distances and, and time that the exercise is spent at any amount of those levels. Uh, so these are the, out, the outputs. Uh, you the, the type of the motion, number of steps, and number of calories, and so on. And inside, there's all kind of uh, algorithmic solution to account for various noise sources, for changes in orientation, uh, for, for changes when, when uh, for any reason, uh, platform vibrates, such as, you know, hand movements. Uh, and, uh, and for instance, even gravity is actually giving us troubles. You wouldn't believe, but, you know, uh, when, you, when you start making those parameters, Gravity is first thing that you have to subtract, right? Because it would uh, uh, kind of uh, make it look much harder. So, so when we did that, we uh, we spent uh, uh, two summers uh, evaluating various uh, pedometers on on out in the wild and on the market, and uh, we made uh, like hundreds of thousands of steps. And here's just one small sample. Uh, so, for instance, when you have a child walking, that was uh, pretty hard uh, for for pretty much any of those. Uh, Pedometer. So, for instance, this Yamex was hailed as one of the best uh, Japanese technology for, for uh, pedometers and, and uh, some of those names you might recognize. Uh, they get pretty much off. And not just that they get uh, systematically uh, making errors in one direction, but the same pedometers, such as this, for instance, Mayo, uh, would in the other uh, instance uh, err on the other side, right? 
so, so here's an example of exercising on this gazelle that we showed. Uh, and, uh, and some more uh, difficult uh, composi or compositions of the, of the different types of the walks. Uh, you also show that, that uh, you know, they would be like 20% or so. So uh, there's a lot in literature that you can find. So it's summarized uh, some of here. These are a little bit more modern devices that you've seen now in conjunction with iPhone and, and smartphones, uh, Nike, Fitbit, Jawbone devices. Uh, so, so Nike actually is, is uh, uh, quite widely used out there, and, and uh, the, the results are not really that great. So, so up to 40% of the error often underestimation, unless you wave the hands. So we were at May at a conference, and uh, one paper was dealing exactly with the over-exciting hand movements when people wear Nike device. Uh, so, so that's one thing. Fitbit has been a little bit more accurate, uh, but they have different generations of Fitbit. So this one is hand that's uh, wrist, but this one that we have, I have here uh, is, is uh, interesting now up to 10%. You know, earlier, a little bit better. Uh, uh, Jawbone is another uh, device that's connected to, uh, to smartphones, about 20%. And, and you know, you, you might say, uh, I, I might skip all of these and just use the pedometers that, that exist on the phones, uh, but it turns out these have the worst performance. And we, we went to analyze, actually, quite detail and when we were making our own and, and found a number of really good reasons where the makers make uh, limitations on what, what you can do. Uh, so you have to work around that, right? Well, actually, if yeah. I can jump yeah, so with Nike band here, if you have this one, Nike band, um, it cuts off the low frequency of movement, such that, you know, if you take it out, put it on the table, so you do the movement, it does not register any movement. So if you start walking very slowly, it does not register yeah. the movement. Yeah. You could say, okay, fine, but, you know, but if you are talking about very obese people, Obviously, at the beginning, when they would go on their weight loss and they are pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes, they would move slowly. The same is with child. I walk with her and uh, I check her band and my band and they were working the same way on me. Then we walked like 5,000 steps, the same speed. I, I was like making sure that her pace was the same and the band counted for her like around 2,000 steps less. So if you look for the children application, it is a significant difference yeah. in those bands, you know. So yeah. it's like, generally, it's like only estimation of the movement. But if you would want to use it in conjunction with the, for example, if you would want to add the motion estimation to the uh, glucose sensor, such that you can uh, eliminate this delay in the reporting of the glucose level, like you have this around 10 minutes delay during the exercise. So this first 10 minutes or so, you try to estimate the movement, add the movement into the readings to see the trend of the glucose. Uh, it is a significant difference if you, if you look into the imprecisions. The same as with the glucose pump. If you would want to just basically see, check the movement, and then, uh, uh, you know, based on that, start to manipulate insulin level, it is also a significant problem. And this is the last thing I want to mention. This is why we are checking different locations. Because, for example, if we would combine the glucose sensor with the uh, accelerometer, which is used to track the motion, we can glue basically the glucose sensor on the different parts of the body. So we need to see how this uh, motion detection would work. Mm -hmm. So just quickly, so, so here's one example uh, where we uh, kept running on, uh, on the treadmill and increasing gradually speed and seeing how, how well we can track. 
so what's reported here on the left is, is different levels of uh, speed that, that walks and, and runs. Uh, so you can see exactly how many steps you made and how many meters you passed and so on. So, so you can see that this kind of got lighted to be a necessity, right? Many users will, you know, if they're just for exercise purposes, just, you know, uh, they will not uh, worry about this, but, uh, but we find that this level of detail is, is, is needed, right? And that's what we will use. So, so uh, with this, here's the uh, little bit pictures, and, and we have real devices here as well. A uh, couple of different implementations that we experimented first is, is uh, the iPhone application. We kind of de-Latinized and uh, call it itself kilometer stepometer. Uh, then we have the standalone sensor called the sensor tag. Um, to which we uh, superimpose our, our uh, pedometer algorithm. Then we have, you know, one, actually more than one device. So this is one that we call Blueboard. Uh, that's really pretty accurate uh, pedometer that you put on the belt, and, and you can interface it with the phones and with the Google sensors eventually. So now that we have these devices, and for any of those devices, uh, uh, in the, in the, as a bigger picture, uh, we we want to uh, allow to have flexible uh, goals being set, right? So, so the, and that, that's pretty commonly seen in these uh, devices. Uh, so the goal can be actually a number of things. So we can specify that we want to have a regular walk and then fast run. So here is one example, like, you know, 5,000 steps, 3,000 steps, we put a uh, uh, fast walk and 2,000 steps of, of uh, regular run. So, so we will enter this uh, in the front end. So this is our uh, app um, that's, that's being shown here. Uh, so now, uh, when we track those goals, we, we rely on the fact that we can actually convert these goals to calories and, and then see how well they're being tracked. Uh, but also, we will account for the different levels because sometimes uh, you know, the, uh, the strenuous exercise is really required so, so that you satisfy at least that many. Well, actually, right. what here says interchangeability of goals is that, for example, you set the goal that you would want to walk 10,000 steps 3 miles per hour. So uh, suddenly you change this and you started to run 7 uh, miles per hour. So after the, uh, the algorithm calculates, based on the calories equivalence, that after maybe 5,000 steps, you already reached the goal, which you all, uh, initially set. So although you made 5,000 steps, the goal is reached. Yeah. So we got informed that the goal is reached. This is why it kind of allows you to keep close track on the calories which you are trying to, uh, and the, and the um, intensity of the exercises during the whole day, mm -hmm. during the activity. Yeah. So, so then along the same lines, you provide a little bit of flexibility, Quite a bit. So we can express goals in, steps of, in terms of steps. So how many steps you see here? Just populate everything just to show you, and then you see equivalent, uh, for instance, duration. Right. So so this turns out to be 10 minutes, and we got it really by entering first here, uh, or it can be expressed in terms of calories. And the, the equivalent thing was here. So this is actually how we obtained the previous page. Uh, that's what Cassie was referring to. Interchangeable. So we entered these 10 minutes. And we got these numbers, and then later on we can edit. Go to the next page and edit exactly steps if you want to do something uh, slightly different. 
uh, odacigols and AMAs, and, and the same thing in terms of calories being reported. And here on the left-hand side, when it's written pedometer, it's the actual screen capture of the pedometer working. So yeah. on the upper left corner, it shows you how many overall steps you made. <coughs> and down there, you can either select time, calories, or step option, and it shows you with in real time how many uh, what is the progress with different speeds of the motion uh, with okay. uh, calories, yes. times, and steps? So, so we can set up uh, different levels of steps. We can also uh, say, well, that's maybe too much detail. Uh, so just set up the calories. So that's a simpler way. Uh, you just specify how many calories you want to, do, uh, to, to spend, right? And that's, that's uh, you know, useful going in many scenarios. Uh, and then we just say, uh, convert it and show it how much would be in the different uh, levels of, of speed. So these are all ORs. This will be for this calorie, you do either one of those things, or combination of things, it will be tracking anyway, right? So that's the, the standalone uh, iPhone application. The same thing is being done. Uh, so here you have uh, you know, magnifying glass. The, the device is pretty small. So this is the device uh, that, uh, that uh, actually collecting the data attached to the body and then wirelessly transmits to the, the iPhone. Uh, it has many more senses. Uh, we just show. Some more senses you can track as well, uh, temperatures and so on. Uh, here I'm just showing this number of steps, but we have the same amount of information being passed. Um, it's same interface eventually, but you know, here's just a short of it. And then one more implementation was uh, the, the board that uh, has quite a number of sensors in this package that's uh, three and a half by three and a half centimeters, so two by two inches, really, or less, actually, one and a half by one and a half. Uh, so this is the, the in, in comparison with the uh, you know, nickel, right? Time, time. Uh, and uh, one application that we applied it, we, we um, went to the Canadian uh, skating, speed skating team. In Canada, skating is a very important thing, right? Uh, so, so we helped them uh, uh, improve their practice, right? And uh, get, uh, you know, these are some of the Olympic champions and so on. Uh, so, so it has all kinds of different sensors. And for applications that we use, uh, we build them into these uh, phone equi uh, or phone uh, holders called covers, and then uh, we have male and female versions. So, uh, so that's how we uh, we did you know hundreds of thousands or so of of steps with this device. Yeah. But uh, one more thing, but you know this what we are showing you the sizes of this red box or the size of this uh, board. This is the complete system with the processing units, uh, with wireless communication and so on. But if we would want to just base the, add um, just motion to the sensors, uh, glucose sensors or to the pump, this is a device which uh, in a um, weighting like few grams. So it can be incorporated together with the already existing devices and use the wireless communication to send the data to the receiving uh, system and then do the processing there on board. Like for example with the glucose sensor you can just attach it and it's it still can be attached to the skin and together with the glucose data it can be sent to the unit which is processing it and uh, we can then run the algorithm which takes into consideration motion when evaluating the glucose level. So yeah, yeah. this is much smaller and it can be yeah, incorporated yeah, actually, in for, diabetes devices. For exactly this purpose we designed this board, we call it blue board for lack of a better name. So this board has interface <laughs> to, the, to the monitors that we try to break in. So. So the device actually works with standalone uh, pedometer. It reports number of steps, calories, and all those things we do. Uh, so it's really you know one processor and, and uh, some wireless interfaces that let you uh, steam data from CGMs and, and uh, store, store them, put them to cloud, and so on. 
So that's, that's a little bit overview of the devices for uh, tracking the movement. So now, uh, the second part of the uh, story was uh, accounting for meal intake. And uh, uh, the first thing that kind of ha has to be somehow handled is, is what happens with the body when, when meal gets taken. Uh, and uh, uh, it's essentially the, the, uh, something that we've seen that uh, the research was done here as well. Uh, you want to make a, a mathematical model of what happens with the glucose in the body in different compartments and uh, you know, uh, all these interactions that, that you're very familiar. These models are quite simplified. Uh, and this is the essentially what's called a Bergman uh, uh, model, Bergman mi minimal model that uh, constructs the differential equations and gives the uh, uh, state of the body in terms of this variable glucose, insulin, and the state variable uh, x uh, that, that let you uh, predict uh, the level of the blood glucose in every compartment, right? Uh, obviously, these models are quite simplified compared to the real biology of it. Uh, but what has happened is that uh, this has been approved by FDA for preclinical trials. Uh, one of the models that was done in the University of Padua and, and Virginia uh, was approved, right? Uh, so we looked into that, uh, and we tried using so, so this is essentially what they would call in silico. In silico really means co uh, simulation uh, program, right, that runs on the computer. Uh, but even when they started using it, the University of Virginia group of Kovacs and so on, they realized actually it's it's not quite complete because once you attach the sensors, sensors have all their own known idealities. Uh, so so what we went to do, we went to make the platform that will have this running into computer software and then attach it to real sensor and to our devices as well, so that we can have the platform that, to to validate everything we are doing. Um, so this is something we will refer to hardware loop. So it's a simulation model, but you put in sensors, you put your device. So, so the picture looks something like that. Uh, here we have the files, essentially, that uh, describe different people's metabolisms. Uh, we put it to the model, we have a device that controls the fluidics setup, uh, that controls pumps, uh, that inject either PDFs or glucose and mix them to, to emulate the, the glucose level. Uh, and then we attach the sensors, uh, we attach our own controllers that will be again closed with control uh, and all the information that we are collecting anyway. So this way we can try everything without really attaching it to a real person for quite some time. Yeah. So incorporated into that, is there something from the baseline fitness level, not just motion at the moment? Oh, okay. So so you're uh, so you're saying essentially accounting for BMR and, and uh, you know the level. Oh, right. So someone yeah. who's never exercised. Yes. Yeah. Because this, this is what we do, and uh, well, we'll yeah. show you in a few slides yeah. all the calories and so on. We have this BMR, this basic, you know, yeah. metabolic and, the rate, and then on top of it, we yeah. add the exercises. So, yes, we can yeah. put this yeah, basic. Uh, this thing you can learn eventually from the model, from the data. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's the, 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 the overview of the, this uh, picture, the same uh, here. And here is how setup looks like. So these two pumps are here. This is the device essentially that runs algorithm and, and opens up all these, uh, uh, you know, pushes syringes, and uh, and then we can, uh, you know, attach and look into the, uh, for instance, when we attach different sensors. So we can do our own sensors, the sensors that are commercial, uh, and see how they react. And, and here's another picture, it's more recent setup. So here you can see on this screen is is our essentially. Uh, metabolism model being run, 
Right. So you here show uh, in the next picture uh, shows you the, the levels of blood glucose uh, after the meals, you know, so the breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, and accounting for different conditions, exercise, no exercise. Uh, so you can enter quite a number of things: uh, the, the weight, uh, the times of the meals, how many carbs, uh, how much insulin is being taken. So these are these are all combinations of. Uh, four or so different models that are built in there that are summarized here. Um, so this implementation that we showed was really what's called LabVIEW. It allows you to control this fluidic setup. Uh, in general, engineers will go and design something called MATLAB language. That, that's a general modeling language that's used across the board. People design planes with that and so on. Uh, we also ported it to the first to Android. So, so Android uh, iPhone application has this model predicting, so this is the, the one possible output. And then when we started doing iOS, we realized actually if we do it in the cloud somewhere, then we don't need to, to do uh, iOS. We'll do it eventually, but you know, uh, you can do it somewhere in the cloud and then uh, you can access it from everywhere, right? Uh, and then display. So some of the models that are being done here, so this first one was, was, was FDA approved. Uh, Everything it was called Cobelli. Cobelli was supervisor of Gary Alaman, uh, but the work was, uh, you know, that was the work that was used there. Uh, and there was a group in Cambridge, <coughs> Roman Hoverka and, and the collaborators. Uh, and, and there's also, we tried to build this one model called Big Fat model that uh, amounts for the uh, fat metabolism and so on. So, what is uh, interesting here is but as you can see, we can run that model on the uh, portable devices like mm. iPhones or smartphones uh, or uh, like Androids. So basically, <laughs> what happens, we have a model, the classical model, and based on the data which we are gathering from the exercises, from the food consumption, for the insulin level which the person takes maybe in two weeks or so, we can then adjust the model to the personal metabolism model of the given person and still run it on the Android such that the person can see every day with the particular food consumption exercises at the particular time of the day, how would this glucose level combine with the insulin be for the given person, so it can and she can or she or he can have it on the on the personal uh, on on iPhones. So we can, and it's like you know we don't need big you know computers, laptops, and so on. You can just have it there. It's, it's, it's yeah, there. I, I tried one cancer was doing to set up, but we need to, to connect networks. So we'll do this a bit later, demonstrate it as well. So uh, we have some meal taking, and then uh, we connect to the cloud with this iOS and, and uh, generate these uh, curves. Uh, and on Android phones, which uh, we have somewhere, uh, we would just enter the, from the database some of the uh, food items that you find in the database, uh, how many serings, and, and then you generate uh, the, the curve uh, on, on the phone, right? So this doesn't go on the, on the cloud. Um, so that's, that's the part dealing with the metabolism modeling. So now uh, we have quite a number of components we can start putting them together. So this is the... Uh, Current view of the console, uh, so we, we specify a number of different things um, to, to put it all together meals and, and exercise and, and tracking and, and so on. So, so for instance, uh, setting the goals is one of the things. So, we thought uh, uh, there's quite a number of these uh, devices that already have quite elaborate set of goals, so, so we allow that as well. Uh, so, first and foremost, these exercise goals, these red ones. Uh, by count, by duration, by calories, 
Uh, and also for the obese type 2 diabetics and so on, you could factor in uh, the, pre, uh, the desired weight loss plan. Right? We'll show you the details of that. So when you, once you have this weight loss plan, it tells you how many calories you should be short of, really. Uh, how much you could do, uh, you, you have to have exercise, and, and, uh, and then you, know, you define also the, the daily uh, breakdown of calories and carbs throughout the day. That's also important when you do how you eat and then you can see it all uh, short. So, so exercise goals is something we already saw. Uh, so we're just kind of summarizing step duration, calories are kind of interchangeable, right? Uh, so they're equivalent things. Uh, the uh, weight loss plan is something we didn't show. So for instance, if this person has a, a BMI somewhere here, 22, and wants to have BMI somewhere here, uh, we can set the goals. So, so, so we tried it in uh, you know, losing 50 kilograms in 15 weeks. Uh, actually, the program says that it's kind of impossible, right? Yeah. Uh, so revise it. And, and, uh, so, so, so with this information, we kind of see how much the, the calories should be deficit. So we factor this in. So this was here, factor into the exercise and come up with a daily uh, overview. So this is the page, this is the, the view on, on the iPhone that tells you, you know, based on your BMR, uh, based on, on how much you would want to, to lose the weight and how much you exercise, so this is the, the, what you should uh, follow, right? So obviously yeah. these metabolic calories are by the BMR which is coming from yeah. your personal setup based on age, weight, height, uh, gender, uh, so this is calculated mm -hmm. rest metabolic calories, and then the rest is just uh, coming from yeah. the weight loss plan and exercise. So we factor it in, right? And then eventually we would want to learn about person, you know, building mass body, and, and then uh, you know, reacting slightly different over the time. Uh, here, here's a view that I think is, is quite appealing, at least to us. Uh, so once you have the calorie goals, you want to plan the meal throughout the day. Uh, so here's this uh, pie chart, essentially diagrams uh, for calories and for the carbs. Uh, so they're called quarter that you can easily see them. So, so here's a breakfast, major meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then between them, uh, for calories and goals, and that's something that's kind of reasonable for, for diabetes or, or for anybody. You would take uh, more calories, but less carbs in the morning, right? Uh, because of the, you know, you know the effect. Uh, and, and then you balance it, right? So, so you can actually modify those goals either by calories or by, by percentage and, and try to keep it and track these goals as, as you go, right? So, so that's, these are the two views that kind of summarize uh, these two uh, items on, the, on this, uh, this view. Uh, so once you select the meal, then you, you go and select which type of the meal. So we have this picker. Uh, uh, one of these, let's say, morning snack. Uh, it gives you from the database what was your uh, breakdown in, in terms of calories and carbs. And you can see when you have to take some item, how you are doing with respect to this particular goal for this meal, and also how you are doing uh, throughout the day. Right? So you have some flexibility to, uh, you know, to get calorie or carb more or less now and then uh, keep this in mind. So that's, that's the uh, that's the section. Now, from this, it reminds you, and then you go immediately, uh, you know, you can confirm this, uh, and select them. So look from the database, various food items. Uh, for instance, start looking for right kind of bread. You have, they show up, uh, you pick one. Uh, so you just kind of exaggerate 100 grams of, of bread. It's kind of a lot, it gives you calories, carbs. Uh, then you can see the profile. Uh, when you're taking these calories and carbs, you press this profile. 
Uh, you can see how much you would need to access. And we've seen that there's already some apps on iPhone and so on. If I take this cake, how much I need to exercise, right? So there's actually you know, pretty neat algorithms. We found some research at the University of Toronto. But also what we added here, uh, it's uh, the glucose profile. So basically, given the type of the food you are eating, it's uh, number of carbs and also glycemic index of the food, it calculates you the profile. It tries to estimate when would be the glucose peak for the, uh, for the given meal. And so then you have on this uh, chart, it uh, draws you the glucose profile for that particular item and also tells you that if you would want to lower the peak for that particular food, when you should start exercising. And then the, what type of exercise you should do, it's down there. So for example, it tells you that 30 minutes from that particular meal, you should start exercising to lower the peak of your glucose. Mm -hmm. And then the time of the exercises, start of the exercises depends on the uh, glycemic index of the given food. So the lower glycemic index, the, lower, the, 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 the later you can start exercising. So for example, for the high glycemic index food, you should start at around 30 minutes after eating. For the high, low, medium glycemic index food, you might start exercising 45 to 60 minutes after you eat. So it is just for you to understand how much your glucose would peak and what you should do to, to avoid the peak. Yeah, so, so that's, that's exactly the same curve as uh, when Cassie was speaking, trying to run it up. Yeah. So, so that sort of assumes, from what I'm understanding, that somebody's not taking insulin? Well, it is both. It is for like taking, the body it is it is how the body would like. If you would have an ideal match of the insulin, anyways, you would have the peak. If you don't take the insulin, also you would have the peak. Also, uh, well, without the insulin, you will have smaller peak, right? Because your body would be up. Right, but then there's the absolute insulin. If the exactly. with type one, or is yes. How can I track my insulin? Yes, but you said, and this is the problem, right. that yeah, uh, you cannot really avoid the peak with the insulin. You can take more insulin to well, cut down the peak, but then it will go low. So that's the problem, what we are trying to address the peak with the exercise. Yeah. Because with insulin, you can... Or you can insulin just in anticipation of the exercise. Well, you, yes, you can, of course, if you, if you prepare to exercise, you will lower your insulin dose, but still, with the lower insulin dose, you would still lower the peak because it's kind of like the exercise which you are planning to do, it's around the time of the glucose peak, such that you are kind of like giving a very sh fast shot of the insulin, like kind of like fast-acting insulin which doesn't exist at the time of the peak. So it's kind of like by exercise you are trying to lower the peak of the, of the, of the glucose level. Right, but, but patients with type 1 will be on insulin, so they will be on The question is, can you incorporate the insulin action into this right. Yes, this is what we are right now working no, on. So it's basically, it's if you know that you are going to exercise, you can lower your insulin level by one unit or so, but still, you know, you would, uh, even with lower dose sure. of insulin, if you exercise at the right time of the peak, you would lower the peak. Right. So it's like you are getting two, two things in one. And actually, if you are anyways planning to exercise, if you are putting the goal of like 15,000 steps, so you might spread it throughout the day, you know, you might combine this exercise. So the whole point of it is not just to go and exercise 15,000 steps in one shot, but actually to combine the exercise with the food. This is why we have, why we put the strong emphasis of the food planning, just to have the timing of the food planning, insulin admission, and the exercise kind of like 
Yeah. Correlated to gravity. Yeah, excess also has to be time, right? That's, that's what we're sharing essentially of the peaks. So now, uh, just to close on this meal, uh, issue. So once you select all the food items, then, then you, you see them all at glance, you see how many calories you take for this and how much you still have compared to that budget that you, you, you set up. Right? So you can still take some calories and carbs. Uh, and when you press you know, the nutrients, uh, so here you show your know, main nutrients. Right? You obviously can track all of them and, and they all can be important, but here's just summarize you know, the main ones. Uh, we all the chemical index are important uh, uh, because we also want to for a complete meal now to see the profile, right? And that's, uh, that's actually uh, summarized here. So the algorithm that we use uh, looks into the glutamic index, glutamic index and, and uh, checks uh, for those items that have high uh, and uh, they amount, you know, for, for some percentage of, of the total carbs total calories there, and we know the peak, and the same thing with moderate, so, so we build those into the you know, equation essentially, uh, showing that uh, what would be the amount of uh, calories that you have to spend for this total meal, now, right, and the timing of it. Because right? right now it's a difference, before, yeah. just the graph before, it was for a single item, so it's relatively simple, so well, uh, much easier to estimate the peak if you have a single, uh, single item food, because you have the glycemic index evaluated for that given food. Right now you have the whole meal, you have a combination of foods with high glycemic index, low glycemic index, mm -hmm. but they also differ in the number of carbs, and so in the glycemic load, as well as they differ in the number of proteins and, uh, yeah. and fiber, which is uh, slowing down the peak. Fine. So now we have we are coming up with the algorithm which basically shows you the peak, where sh how, what, how should the peak, uh, glucose behave for the combined food with the combined, well, glucemic load, you just combine, you add it together, index you cannot, you just have the dominant index, high in the, uh, glucemic index, uh, and you see how much dominant it is compared to the amount of carbs of that particular food in your in your meal, as well as how many proteins and fiber you also have in the food. Uh, Just yeah, exactly what the is telling you is, is actually shown here. That's, that's the same meal that we selected, uh, the same calories you press here, uh, and you can see, uh, you know, what is the, when you need to start exercising and, and how many calories of the total. So, so, it's, so it was like 200 something calories, <laughs> 160 is estimated, yeah. So I guess there's, somewhat struggle here as a yeah. diabetes audience that you are trying to serve a lot of audiences here. Yeah. And from the standpoint of someone who takes care of three very distinct groups of people mm -hmm. who are eager to have something like this, this would be confusing to them that there are people with type 1 diabetes who eat complicated meals and take insulin often with insulin pumps, where if you say glycemic index to them, they're going to be angry. These are people measuring their blood sugar often with a sensor, and they know what the glucose is hour to hour, minute to minute. And they don't want to be told to exercise to lower a blood sugar. They exercise and they want to be helped to not be hypoglycemic. Then there's the group of people with the two diabetes and whom glycemic index is a big issue. And then there are people who are overweight and trying to lose 
knows they're overlapping constituents, but often they're not. And you know, the last group often aren't measuring their blood sugar, they're not often even struggling with diabetes. And so I think that there are aspects of this that will be helpful to all of those people, but they're, they're not the same yeah. people. No, absolutely, and plus the, because of the different uh, uh, glucose metabolism in the different groups, the, the skew with the peak would be different for obese people, for uh, uh, healthy people, obese people, pre-diabetes, type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes. So basically there is a selection, so this is why we have different types of the metabolism. We are just showing here the example. Yeah, but there are different yeah. types of the metabolism for each of those types of the groups, kind of like a standard metabolism plus on top of it, it's added your own metabolism, variation to the, to the classical metabolism, and uh, the variation, the, the peak of the, like, you know, the shift of the peak in time would be different, slightly different for different groups. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and the peak might be individual. Yeah, point, yes. point is taken. And it's not to recognize that, I think, limits yeah. the effectiveness, because a lot of patients are different. And the effectiveness of exercise to help with weight loss is limited. Yeah. The best data that I'm aware of is that it helps for people who've lost weight to keep it off. So the focus on how many calories you've lost by running, there's kind of a consensus to, to really downplay it. Yeah, that's true. We were here just showcasing capabilities and how it will be used as a real tool for people. So this is more like our for research. So basically, well, also this is this is why it's for us. Like, if we look into just generally building the closed loop system, and uh, um, when we, as an engineers, when we build something, we run tests like millions of test cases. We run uh, like you know hundreds of this, uh, different test benches. So now, if we look into also tests here, we also want to see it on hundreds of like you know thousands of people. How does it go? And when it goes to like how the personal metabolism can affect, like for example with this glycemic index, uh, it's, it is a well-known fact that for the different people it can really vary. The same food can have a really quite, quite a significant variation in the, in the glycemic index. For some can be moderate, for some can be high. So this personal metabolism must be superimposed on the on the cure. So what is the personal metabolism portion of this? Is it learning from each Yes, this is, this is what we are doing. We start, we have the um, like established metabolism for different types of the group of people. Mm -hmm. And then we have this device. This is why uh, Jelko mentioned the kind of like, um, like you know, gathering of the data of, uh, discipline. So, for example, for a week or two, we uh, somebody gathers like we have the motion tracking, so the data is like you know basically gathered, you know, um, from the person. But also the person has to introduce all the food data which he he or she is seeking, and then we have an interface with the glucose, either glucose CGMs or uh, meters, yeah. as well as the insulin level, because we all it is also very important to know whether this insulin which is being Admitted, it is a match right. for the particular exercise or uh, and food, or uh, that the person didn't go high or low with that insulin level. So we gather the data, and then we have a stochastical process, adaptive process, uh -huh. which changes, adapts the 
standard level, uh, the standard metabolism model into personal meta uh, personalized metabolism. And could that track your absorption of meals? I think some of the type 1 uh, patients will um, struggle with the fact that depending on fat content, which we don't often really adjust the insulin dose and maybe we need to, you can absorb food over eight hours. So would this be able to track the way this person absorbs pizza versus that person? This is, this is why we are, exactly, because if we have the profile of the insulin dose and glucose level, uh, glucose level with the particular food, right. exactly like pizza when you have carbs and fat uh, to slow it down, right. this and proteins, this is how we can then build the metabolism. So it is good, you know, to have a variation of the food during this adaptation process, such that mm -hmm. we have the database based on which we can see how the given person reacts. Yeah. And also, when you, if you add pizza and you exercise, or if you add pizza and you did not exercise, yeah. so how basically, how a person is, let's say, sensitive to the exercise, because it can be, given person can have a different body mass, <coughs> uh, muscles and so on, so it actually can influence differently, the exercise can influence differently different people. And how frequently would this be able to be adjusted? So for a growing child, this changes. So do they re is it possible to relearn? Or? Well, of course, because this is the process which is like automatically adjusting, the re uh, uh, re relearning. So for example, uh, we have the setup with the, when you have to put weight, height, and so on. So if the weight and height is changing, uh, then uh, you, know, you change your BMR, you change your parameters. But because you are gathering that data in real time and you store the data, so you have the data stored like, you know, because it's not stored on the phone, it's stored in the cloud, so you have the profile for half a year, a year, and so on, but, so you can do the adjustment every, well, probably reasonably, maybe like every two weeks, every month, you can, well, maybe not do the adjustment, but, you know, try to build the model based on the plus two-week data mm -hmm. and see whether this is the model in agreement which was, uh, you know, before. Uh, so if there are significant changes, then you change. If it is the same, you can you can keep going. So, so yes. maybe just just to, because we're kind of anticipating what will happen. So what we'll see here is really more uh, this this displays more for type two and over overweight. So now for type one, so uh, it really is the most useful if you start building feedback information obtained from sensors. So that's what we're building, uh, you know, as we now as we speak. Uh, so we try to add some more. Uh, Sensors including CGM interfaces. Then, then you close the loop and you know what is exact. Uh, so pedometer we actually show you, right? So it's nothing really different than we, we have. So we, we, we are pretty confident we get around 99% match to the real steps which we count. Uh, the heart rate monitor is also another thing. So some type of exercise you don't really notice anything of pedometer, like biking and so on, heart rate monitor shows you, right? So we touch heart rate monitor and, and take this and some of these the metabolism models actually take heart rate uh, as indication of level of exercise and, and, and build it there into the profile. And then, you know, we're working now as we speak uh, to build, in Canada we could only uh, to now have the, the Medtronic, uh, now Guardian is coming on the market, so we'll try to get it next month or so. So what we build is something like NSA is doing. Uh, so we build an interface where we listen essentially what uh, what the Medtronic device is, is uh, emitting. So here's the, the, their pod, right? Uh, and here's the test probe that they have. So they inject some level of carrying this ICIC information. Uh, so they then transmit it wirelessly. We pick it up 
uh, we recognize in which part of the spectrum it is, which kind of encoding, and, and try to get this data, right? So that's, uh, that's something I don't really volunteer to share with us, so that's why we had to go uh, the NSA way. And, uh, <coughs> and then, you know, with the, you know uh, have the, you know, capability to show all of those and, and their correlation. So fi the final part of this speech, and we can uh, discuss more in the questions period, uh, we realized as we were doing it, there's actually lots uh, that you gain just by having data somewhere up there in the cloud. Uh, so we built some of our own, uh, we call it Visio. Uh, then later on we migrated some of them to the, to the common uh, like Dropboxes and, and as we went to build these algorithms and databases then there's you know, quite a number of different uh, uh, here's parts, Tableau, Dropbox, Cassandra uh, that essentially build up the momentum towards this big data so you have all the data from the different people and, and try to learn and update these models of any, uh, any aspects right? including building up mass or, or changing the uh, so, so this is why we thought that the, uh, actually putting this on the platform like a phone was uh, kind, uh, kind of appealing because, for example, a person can have all the data being gathered by the phone from glucose, motion, foot and so on, and then in real time the third party, because this is a phone connected directly to the cloud and it's small portable devices, in the real part, uh, time, somebody else can observe what is the current glucose level changes and exercises and so on. So, for example, if you have a child at school or in the daycare, uh, you can just, you know, have a small window open at work and, you know, monitor all this data. And then if you can see some dangerous trends, you can just uh, inform, you know, the teacher or the daycare provider, you know, to, 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 to watch it, you know, to see that something is, you know, going the wrong way. So it's kind of adding extra level of security. Yeah, and it's, it's, uh, you know, some of those cloud interfaces, they have pretty secure entry, so only doctors that are authorized can access and, and as you can imagine. So I think, uh, you know, it's because we, we are into the last few minutes, uh, no, actually, yeah. show me more with this global skip, sensors. Okay, let's give like this. I don't know. It's 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 just one, it's your time. One more. Okay, this, this one. Which, uh, this with two, one and two uh, CGMs. This is it. One and two CGMs. I don't know. One and three. You know this graph. Okay, so uh, yeah. just, okay, just so one more thing which we are also working, it's independent on this uh, platform, it is the improvement of CGMs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can improve CGMs going two ways, either, you know, change the technology such that it is like more accurate, or what we are doing as an engineer, it's always by uh, fault tolerance. Uh, I am aware of the fact that right now the electronics, for example, they try to put two sensors in one chip, which will give you nothing, because uh, if you have two measurements, you cannot distinguish which one is wrong, which one is good, because you have to have a majority voting. So, for example, uh, we try to put to see how can we improve the accuracy and precision of the measurements if we include three sensors, or five sensors, or seven sensors in one chip. So here you have the glucose curve; it's the blue one, and the black dots represent the measurements by the single sensor, while the red dots represent the measurements of the system comp uh, comp uh, comprised of the three sensors. If you go to the next slide, if you have, yeah, because if, this yeah. is like, a, so this is for actually for the lows. So as you can see, it's like the sugar level is pretty low between like a, a 62 to 75, 
and this is a black one is the measurement of the system with one sensor yeah. red one is system with the two sensors so as you can see you can still have not really accurate measurements now if you increase it to three sensors on the right hand side the red one is three sensors and the black one is one sensor so you, you can see you're coming closer to the curve now if you flip, uh, flip yeah. more <laughs> then you have a system with five sensors and seven sensors. There is not much of a difference between the improvement between five and seven, so seven is not justified, but if you put five sensors in one chip, then you can see that red one is the five sensors nearly tracking the actual uh, glucose curve in, black, in, in blue, and as you can see this marked here in the circles, you have the glucose level at around actual 64, which is kind of going trend going low, while the one sensor would measure you 77, which is kind of okay. While a five sensor system will not measure you. Yeah. So of course, you know, from your perspective, you would think, okay, well, you know what, five sensors, if one sensor costs around like, you know, $200, five sensors, it would be prohibited cost. The truth is that, you know, right now, the technology, the, the companies which are producing those sensors, they increase the yield of the production like by 500, by 1,000. Uh, 1, so they are getting much more, many more sensors from one, you know, wafer right. than before. Uh, before, so actually the price yes, should maybe. drop by 100 at least. They are not dropping the price because, you know, but it is feasible. Would this have to be five separate sensors on an individual? No, 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 no. Okay. It is like in one, because the, the sensors are pretty small, actually. This white, you know, think, think it's like wireless, you know, uh, system and so on, which stays the same, right? But it doesn't matter how many sensors are there. So it's all mounted the same size, the same weight, basically. It's just, you know, uh, the system is a little so bit So just not to go over time, we, we, we'd be glad to discuss later some of the other aspects. So we show the, these parts uh, and, uh, you know, we are working on getting, you know, use of this data and, and we would like to cooperate with, with people like yourself. Uh, to in mutual benefit to get more data and, and uh, improve the system and uh, and also as we go we want to integrate more of CGMs, uh, more of the sensors and in the future there's lots obviously that can be expanded uh, so so you know building and, and learning is essentially the, the kind of recurring theme uh, and and also CGMs are still you know we don't see them being improved as much as we want uh, and we just. To the last one, we have two PhD students, one working on some rehabilitation aspects and tracking uh, movements much more closer. Um, and the other one is that uh, that's instrumenting sleep, right? And, and uh, detecting various patterns during sleep. Uh, uh, you have in, in conjunction with that, because you have quite a number of detections that can be detected through either uh, perspiration uh, or breathing or heart rates, sleep positions, and so on. So we'll, we'll close here at 10 o'clock. Uh, thank you very much for your patience.